I'm for Gene Shepard, humorist, after-dinner speaker, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for Montevideo, Uruguay. Montevideo, Uruguay. They know how to do it down there. Prison warden Celestiano Vergara was caught staging a holdup on his day off. Now, you didn't hear that, Joe. you got to hear this. I have to start at the top now. Prison warden Celestiano Vergara was caught staging a holdup on his day off. And he went to jail as an inmate of his own jug. In Montevideo recently, police found a large cache of stolen goods at his home. And uh, I like kind of like the idea, though, the warden uh, going out on his day off and holding up jewelry stores and stuff like that. And then they, they lay the arm on him, and he shows up back at the jug, at the very jug that he left. Can you see the warden now sitting there in the middle of all this? You know, the big, the big scene they always have in the mess hall, while the guys are banging the cups? I don't know how many times I've seen that scene. Does that actually happen in real prisons, or is that only movie prisons? For those of you who don't know what goes on here in New York, you may be living outside, you don't realize that every day, no matter what kind of weather, there's a little group of people standing on a street corner waiting for a bus to take them to whatever track has got the horses going. Now, you, you figure, I always do, I figure, how the hell do these guys get off work all the time? But there they are. <laughs> Where did they get the scratch? But there they are, and they all look the same. They have these sort of scruffy gray overcoats. There's a certain look about them. Uh, there's a certain stolid look to them. Often uh, they look like they haven't shaved too well, but there is a dedicated monastic attitude towards them. They are serious students. Uh, you can see them in the, in the H&H, sitting there with all their form sheets. And you'll see, you'll see guys sitting there, and they will not move a muscle for an hour and a half just looking at this long list of figures, strange symbols of what the Danny boy did in the fifth at, <laughs> at Pimlico uh, two years ago. And they're figuring, see, he's going in the third today at, the, at Aqueduct. And they're, they're trying to figure out how he's going to do today. Well, this is a very important study in the city of New York. And I might add also that it produces some great scenes. Well, I'm walking along 7th Avenue, going uptown, when all of a sudden two guys come out of the OTB and they, they, they're right ahead of me and they, these two guys, silent, they come out. They're looking very very dedicated or, or bugged or something. They come walking out and I can't help but overhear him. One guy suddenly turns to the other guy and says, Oh my God, I'm going to get killed tonight. I'm going to get killed tonight. 
The other one says, well, I told you to keep at least $10 out. He said, oh, God. He said, I don't know what we're going to eat. <laughs> at that point, I mercifully tuned out. I could just see the guy arriving back home out in the Bronx, breaking it to his wife that uh, they are now going to go on a diet of uh, Rice Krispies for the... <laughs> One disastrous afternoon on 7th Avenue. Listen, I, I, uh, I, I learned, I, I say that, that the worst thing that can happen to a guy in his, uh, in his youth, in his feckless youth, I'm talking about in his teens, is to win. Because then an illusion sets in that betting is about winning. But uh, I, I'll tell you this, though. I, I, had, a, I had an experience that uh, when, I was, when I was 16, I remember I was 16, actually I remember I was a junior in high school, and I, and I remember what happened so vividly that I have never since walked into an OTB parlor. I am not drawn to OTB. Other guys are. Now, I am not. I have never stood in front of the $2 window at Yonkers Raceway. I'm not drawn to this. Now, I, if, I, if I do occasionally get the pushed into going to a track, and I have done this, I go to look at the pretty horsies. That is correct. Uh, but you will not you will not find Shepard remorselessly standing out in front of that $10 window. And I'll tell you why. What happened to me? It was a moment which I shall never forget. Uh, I have to explain something to you, that in many schools in this nation, the students buy their own books. Now, in most schools here in New York, I guess, the, the books are, are supplied by the school. Right. Well, in my school, in many schools that the people go to, it's not this way, that every year you have to buy books for the the next semester, you know, the new semester that's starting, you have to buy an English two book. Now, they uh, generally you buy used ones. That uh, that uh, the preceding class has a lot of used books on hand. Uh, you know, a guy getting through with English two doesn't have much use for an old English two book. See, in fact, he didn't have much use for it generally when he had it. But nevertheless, <laughs> you got to buy it. So, so uh, we had to buy books. Okay, all right, all right. Now you know why uh, the, the beginning. See, so it was the beginning of the semester. I am a junior, and uh, I was taking such, uh, you know, such involved courses as uh, chemistry. We took chemistry. Uh, I also remember taking third-year history. It's a good goodie. That was a European history uh, up through the uh, Treaty of Versailles. It's a kind of a uh, all-inclusive course. It went all the way back to the Treaty of Ghent. They had they had a lot of treaties in Europe. Did you notice that? Yes. You didn't know. Well, of course, you wouldn't know about these things. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I I, uh, I I was about to embark on my junior year in high school. So it was a nice fall day, and uh, it was about three or four days into into the semester, and we uh, had been told what books we are to buy for the this coming year. And the teachers also, well, you got to have your book in the next ten days, or whatever it was. And so I went home and I said to my mother. And my, well, actually, it was my old man. I said to my old man, I says, I've got to have, uh, you know, I've got to have some dough for the books this year. He says, how much do you need? I said, well, I can buy a couple of, I can buy a couple of them used. I can get a used uh, history book. But they changed the book in chemistry now. That was an old uh, trick. 
every year they change the book, so you're stuck with all these useless books. So I said, uh, I got I got to get a chemistry book, and that's uh, four fifty, and uh, I got to get a book for uh, yeah, I got a I got an algebra book, and and uh, and so I tell them all these things. See, so they come to about sixteen bucks, right? So he says, boy, oh boy, this is really a drag. Sixteen dollars for books. Well, you know, to my father, sixteen dollars for books would be like if I came in and said I want to pay sixteen dollars to buy stalks of corn, you know, <laughs> or, or uh, you know, or paper shoes or something. Like that. He never bought a book, and I said I am investing in books. So he gives me sixteen bucks, sixteen nice round green iron men, you know, sixteen dollars. Well, that's a lot of a lot of kale, you know. So I, I got sixteen dollars. So I'm supposed to go to the bookstore and go down, you know. And, and buy the books, and so I come tooling into school this nice day, and I had about a week to buy the books. I didn't have to buy them on this one day. See, I had a week, so I had the sixteen dollars. So I, I had it in my wallet. Now, unaccustomed thing in my wallet, since in my wallet at that time I usually had things like, uh, oh, uh, let's see, uh, when I was in high school, what did I have in my wallet? Well, it's none of your business. Anyway, I had a lot of stuff in, in my wallet that had nothing to do with money. So I had now sixteen dollars in the wallet. Well, on this day, it was a very funny thing. I, I uh, you know, every year when you go to a big high school, you meet new kids every new semester. You're in new classes. There's a whole new crowd. You understand this. So, about the third or fourth day, I come wandering out of uh, out of the history three class with a couple of guys I had just met, and one said to the other, "Well." It's payoff time, Clifford. At which point Clifford said, Yep, boy, you really got me this week. And uh, he says, Yep, I'm going to pay off. One thing I always do, Stan, is I pay right on the nose. Here's your ten bucks. And Stan now is handed a ten-dollar bill. I says, What are you guys paying off? And he says, Oh, oh boy. He says, uh, Clifford here, uh, Clifford here is the bookie. He says, and Clifford's making book. <laughs> and he says, Clifford's making book. And he says, I nicked him. He says, I nicked him on the 4th at Arlington Park. I says, $10. How much did you bet? He says, $2. I see you mean you gave him $2 and you got $10 back? He says, yeah. I said, what do you do? He says, well, you pick which horse is going to win. I says, is that all there is to How many horses run? He says, well, in the, let's see, in the 4th at Arlington uh, yesterday, there were, there were uh, six horses. I said, six horses? You just pick the one out there that's going to win? And you got, you got, let's see, $10? That's $8 profit you made on that. He says, that's right. I said, do you win much? At that point, Clifford says, oh, my God, that guy's killing me. He never, he never misses. So how much have you won lately, uh, Stan? And Stan says, well, let's see. In the past two weeks, uh, let's see, 12, 7, uh, 8 today. Uh, let's see, it's been about 45 bucks in the last two weeks I nicked you for, right? <laughs> at that point, uh, <laughs> at that point, my eyeballs are beginning to bug, you know? And this kind of dough, when you're talking about this kind of money, and I had a paper route that not all oh, I'd average, 85, 86 cents a week. On my paper route, see, and that's after I bought, uh, you know, usual incidental stuff to keep me going on the paper route, like uh, 
fudge sickle. I'd buy a fudge sickle every day. I'd buy a Coke every time I came in to fold up my papers. Uh, and I'd owe the guy that, uh, you know, gave us the papers. I would average about, oh, 23, 24 cents clear a week on my paper out. So when, when you're, you know, when you're talking about this kind of money, the kid makes 45 bucks, and all he's doing is picking the horses. I didn't think much about it, see, but I go through a couple of classes, and I meet my buddy Jack Martin. See, it was, it was a whole new world. I didn't know about this world before. Now, I'm sure a lot of you never heard of this world. I think that within every group of people, particularly males, there are things going on that the others don't even know about, don't even suspect. And uh, it's, you know, you, you suddenly find it out, and you wonder what the hell's been happening to my life. How, how come I wasted my life? So uh, about three or four uh, classes later, I'm sitting with an old friend of mine, Jack Martin. And uh, I said to, said to Martin, we're in a study hall, see, and I'm sitting there in a the study hall, and I'm thinking about this, 45 bucks, this guy, this guy Stanley has made 45 bucks in two weeks. Now, this is the eternal dream of every kid. <laughs> and I had a lot of ways to spend that 45 bucks. For one thing, I was deeply into amateur radio. That's an expensive hobby. My entire ham station, including the receiver, including the transmitter, I would say if sold for the copper and brass alone would bring me maybe a dollar and a half. I made it out of old, uh, you know, old Maxwell House coffee cans and stuff, you know, and I, and, uh, I, I was thinking, boy, God, my God, if I could get $45, if I could get my hand on that, I'd buy myself a couple of crystals. I'd, uh, oh, wow, you know, Electro Voice 638 microphone, that goes for uh, 17 bucks alone there. And uh, I was thinking all this stuff. See, that's what gets you. That's what gets you. You begin to spend the money you have not earned. And many a guy sees himself hitting the big one at the OTP and then spending his declining years on this houseboat in Biscayne Bay uh, somewhere down in the Caribbean, right? You see, you see that's, uh, that's terrible. It's, it's like, uh, you know, the pursuing the golden apples or the golden fleece or the white whale of Ahab. I mean, is there a white whale or was it only an Ahab's head? That's the problem. So I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, in this study home. I say to Jack Martin, no buddy my Martin, I said, hey, Jack. He said, yeah. Now, I know Jack Martin since we were in uh, Warren G. Harding School. I know, you know, just a guy. He says, hey, Jack. Listen, uh, do you know Clifford Simonson? He turns to me and he says, yeah. How do you know Cliff? I said, well, he's in my, he's in my history class. He said, what do you know about him? I said, well, Jack, I was going to ask you. I said, did you did you hear, do you know a guy named Stanley Roper? I mean, yeah, I know Stan. What about Stan? I said, well, you know that, that Stanley Roper gave Cliffy $2, and Clifford gave him back $10. And you know what Martin said? Martin says, oh, you mean, oh, well. He says, uh, he says you mean you're talking about the, uh, Cliffy's bookmaking, huh? I didn't even know anything about book. What do you mean? Bu to me, bookmaking was the guys that made geography books, you know? And uh, I said, uh, gee, you know, I thought I was going to tell Martin something big, see? Martin says, oh, yeah. He says, why? He's, yeah, he said, I've, I've laid off a couple of bucks with, with Cliff in the past. I said, you've what? He says, yeah, I've laid a couple of bucks off with Cliff in the past. I said, you mean you, you, uh, you too? He said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, oh, he says, Bolas too. 
said, how about Alec? You mean Al Jossley? All these kids, I didn't know anything about it. They're all betting on the horses. Well, so, you know, here, and this is incidentally a, a key to, I think, almost everything that uh, that winds up being a an evil sin. you got to get in the swim. I just wonder how many guys have become drug addicts because Cliffy did it. <laughs> you know? So I said, you know, I felt like a real, you know, I felt like all of a sudden I'm a boob. You know, I'm a real boobaroonie, you know. Here I am working around out there with this paper out, and these other guys are betting $2 on racetrack. $2? So I said to him, I says, well, uh, how do you pick them? Oh, he says, well, uh, are you kidding? And I said, no, I'm not kidding. How do you pick them? He says, well, I pick them out of the Tribune. He says, you know, they have this thing in the back there, in the back of the sport page, which is uh, today's handicap selections. Well, that was part of the sport picture. I never even looked at it. I'd see all these numbers, you know, today's handicap selections and stuff like that. And I says, well, how do you do it? He says, well, you look in the handicap selection there, you know, and it says, uh, it says uh, at Arlington Park, uh, our handicapper picks Big Shot in the third. Uh, and uh, and uh, a three-to-one choice and down the line. He says, now, all you, if, he says, if you want to do it, he says, you can go it that way. He says, but, you know, these guys aren't there. They, they don't know it all. He says, I, I, uh, I'll pick, when, when, I, when I think uh, he's got a good uh, selection, I'll go in and I'll lay off a couple of bucks with Clippy. You, you get it on the paper, huh? I said, yeah. At that moment, a whole world developed for me. I says, ah, I see. You get it out of the paper. So that night, we get the Chicago Sun-Times. You heard of the Sun-Times? Well, you know, the paper. And, and uh, like uh, the Daily News here in New York, they have this whole page, about 15 pages, really. It looks like all kinds of little numbers. See? So I, I get the sport page, and I, instead of reading about what's going to happen to the White Sox next year, as they always have, or uh, what happened to the Chicago Bears last week, which they always have, and why they lost, I go right on through all this stuff, and I get the back, and it's this uh, handicap selection. At first, you make no sense of this. And I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, and it says Arlington Park. It says first race, Arlington Park. Wave, yes, wave the banana is the pick for Arlington Park in the first race, our handicapper. And at the top it says our handicapper hit three out of five yesterday. He's ahead $17.42 on the week. You've seen this all the time. So I sit down, wave the banana. First in Arlington Park for tomorrow not bad and I keep looking down and I and I, I'm looking at this whole thing and I'm wondering about this season and remember I got 16 iron men in my pocket exactly 16 to buy $16 worth of books which I had to have within the next eight days the next day I'm in history class I see Cliff sitting over there and he's having a long conversation with Stanley and another conversation with a guy named Jimmy, who I knew vaguely, played the clarinet. And these guys are huddled in the back there before the class is opening up. And I wander back there. And they immediately stop talking. See, guys who are, who are, who are betting apparently are very, are very surreptitious about it. They don't talk much about it. They stop talking. So I just brought it right up. I says, hey, Cliff, how about wave the banana in the first? Oh, he says, well, what do you want to, what do you, uh, what do you want to buy? I said, uh, 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 $2. He says, uh, on the nose? I said, on the what? He says, uh, on the nose? I said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on the nose. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what on the nose meant. See, so I said, yeah. He says, well, uh, where's the two? I made a fatal error. I reached into my pocket, took my Roy A. Cup wallet out of it, opened it up, and removed two of the $16 and handed them to Clifford. He said, uh, okay, so how about you, Stan? And uh, Stan says, uh, you're, putting, you're putting on the nose on, on, on Wave the Banana? Are you out of your mind? I said, that's where I'm going. He said, well, okay, every guy, uh, he says, my God, he says, where the hell are you getting your dope? And I said, well, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I just got a hunch. And at that point, uh, Jimmy laughed. He says, oh, God, another one of those hunch-type guys. <laughs> Forget it. I am in a whole world. I don't know what I'm talking, you know, what, what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm playing it big, you know. Nobody ever admits when you're 16 that you don't know your you-know-what from a banjo. You just don't. Especially when you're talking to guys named Cliffy and Stan. You just do not. So I said, well, we'll see, you guys. Ha, 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 ha. Well, uh, then Cliff says, anything else? Uh, you, you want to you, you go with anything else on the topic? I said, no. No. At that point, I made another fatal mistake. The worst thing that can happen to a horse player is to listen to another one. Right? Stan says to me, he says, "Listen, he said, you're going to put. You want to. You want to. You want to buy an insurance bet." He says, "You ought to have an insurance bet. You're you're betting wave the banana on the nose. You better have something to back it up." I said, "Back it up, back it up." I didn't. He says, "Yeah." He says, "Listen." He said, the "Hot dog in the fourth. I said, "Who? What?" He says, "Hot dog in the fourth. Hot dog in the fourth is a boat race." I said, it's a what? A boat race? You mean they're going to race them in boats or something? Shut up and put it on the, right on the button. I says, hot dog in the fourth on a button. So I said, uh, hey, Cliff, uh, 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 how about, how about, <laughs> how about the, uh, the fourth, hot dog? Uh, he says, on the nose? I says, uh, yeah, on a button. He says, okay, what do you want? And at that point, Stanley says, Five. It's a boat race, for God's sakes. you got to cover that, too. You want to pick up a little during the day, don't you? None of this made any sense to me. I says, uh, Five. So he says, Okay, five it is. And so I open my wallet, and I take out five. Now I'm in seven. You got it, friends? Okay. So at that, Mr. Wilson walks in, and the history class began, and it was not mentioned. And during history class, one does not discuss hot dog and wave the banana. <laughs> so we sat there, and I'm really excited. See, I'm all excited about this thing. Well, wow, you know, I'm really excited. So it is now noontime. See, this class was roughly 11 in the afternoon, 11 in the morning. See, so it's now noontime. We're out at lunch, thing, and I'm standing around, and I'm out with Schwartz and Flick, and I'm keeping my mouth shut, see, because I know these guys don't bet. You know, they're not, in, they're not part of this hip crowd from the History 3, see, so I'm standing around. And, uh, and I, I can, I, you know, I can hardly wait to get all this dough. 
<laughs> I'm not saying anything. I don't want to. I don't want to. Let, I figured if I let these guys in, they're going to spoil it. You know, too many guys getting this dough. Obviously, it's got to go down the drain. See, so I, I'm not saying anything. And Schwartz keeps saying, "What are you grinning about?" I said, "Oh, nothing, Schwartz." Uh, you know, I felt. I, you know, it, it just never occurred to me what could happen. So about roughly three thirty that afternoon, I am walking along through the hall. And along comes my friend Stanley. Stanley is walking down the hall. He's got a pile of books under his arm. You know, he's got his sweater on with a big H and all that stuff. He's walking along. And he grabs a hold of my arm. He says, oh, God. He says, well, you can't win them all. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, he ran seventh. <laughs> I said, who ran seventh? He says, hot dog. I says, hot dog, I didn't put it together right away. I says, well, yeah, he says, well, what the hell? I says, you, you, you'll make it up tomorrow. I said, hot dog, you mean you mean the, the, the horse that, the, uh, five dollars? He says, yep, he says, you put five on a nose. He says, well, what the hell? He says, it was a good tip. And uh, after all, he, he, he uh, had he come in, it would have been 12 to 1. 12 to 1? I said, what is that? He said, yeah, you made about, uh, let's see, five, you made about 60 bucks on that. A sixty bucks? He said, yeah, but he ran seventh. So what the hell? He said, oh, by the way, uh, you almost made it with the uh, with, uh, wave the banana. I said, what do you mean? He says, come in second. Come in second? Yep, half a length. I didn't know what lengths meant. <laughs> you know, I, I thought, I said, do, do I get any money? He said, well, it's me. You bet him on a nose. Oh, and the realization hit me. I was out seven iron men. I remember, this is the money to buy books, friend. This is not money that I got, you know, fooling around with that paper. Uh, this is my old man's money, and now I am really up against it. See, so I go home, I'm sitting there at dinner time, and I'm, I'm nervous, I'm worried. I'm really, you know, beginning to sweat inside. I'm going, where the hell am I going to get $7, you know, to get, get that money back? So I, I, I pick up the newspaper. Now, wait a minute. I pick up the newspaper. And I see in the second race, in the second race, is a horse named Dorothy A. is going. And Dorothy A., by the way, is not even listed in the handicapper's picks. But Dorothy A. was the name of a girl that I was totally in love with, a girl named Dorothy Anderson. Now, I had had enough of this handicapper's picks. So I figured to myself, that's a good sign. Dorothy A. So I can hardly wait to get to school. The next day, I'm sitting in, in history class, and I walk over, you know, I go, go back to the, the back of the room. There's Cliff sitting back there, you know, he's talking to Stanley and all these guys. And I said, Dorothy A. in a second. He looks at me, and he says, Dorothy A. I says, Dorothy A. in a second. Dorothy A. in a second. He says, what are you going to put on it? $9. He says, $9? You mean you're sure you're not meaning 10? I says, no, that's all I had out of, the, out of the 16. I'd lost seven. I had $9. I says, $9. He says, nine bucks. I Dorothy A? I says, Dorothy A. And Stanley says, 
Hey. Hey, do you know something? I says, well, you hear things around. You hear things around. He says, hey, Cliff, give me five on Dorothy A in a second. And Cliff says, what the hell is this? Five dollars on Dorothy A in a second? He says, what are you guys doing there? I said, I'm going all the way. At three o'clock that afternoon, I am walking... I'm walking through the hall, and I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. Stanley comes up to me. He says, my God, where did you, where did you get your dope? And I says, what dope? Seven to one? We hit him for seven to one. I says, seven to one, what does that mean? He says, well, let's see, you get uh, 35 bucks? He says, he says, I pick up, he says, I pick up 35, you get the 4850. I says, I made 48? He says, yeah. Oh my God. And that night I collected $48 from Clifford, the most money I ever had in my life. I bought my books and never again bet on another horse. You're listening to a winning horse player, friends. I'm still ahead of the game. I remember that sleepless night. God only knows why I bet on Dorothy A. In a second. I can't walk past OTB without developing a, a nose that perspires heavily. And I know what's going to happen. One day, gonna, somebody's going to get me in there. I know it. I know it. Because I know what's inside of me. Have you ever had the feeling that you could very easily go crazy? You ever had the feeling that you're on the verge of it? Have you ever had the feeling that if, if, if you drank one more glass of bourbon, you could become a raving alcoholic? Have you ever done, have you ever done that? Have you ever had the feeling you could become a total satyr and spend your entire life chasing women up and down elevator shafts? Right. So you got to you got to constantly keep a rein, a check on yourself. Well, listen, all I got to do is walk in one OTB office, win one race, and two years later you're going to see Shepard shuffling up and down the Bowery a broken man looking for another quarter to bet on another nag. I've got to stop it. You've been listening to Gene Shepard, humorist, author, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976.